0: Welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg shoots This is the first episode of the 2024 podcast series where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And we are just less than two weeks away from week zero of the college football season. That's right. The college football season is upon us, which means it's time to start getting ready to take a look at the 2024 draft prospects. Who is it that we should be paying attention to throughout this draft class? There's more than just Caleb Williams and Drake May. There are a lot of guys to pay attention to. And look, we're not just talking about the guys that are going to come off the board in round one, but guys coming off the board day two, day three, undrafted free agents. Who are the guys to keep an eye out for who can make an impact on an NFL roster next season? That's what we're going to be doing. We've got a lot to cover. Really, this first episode is really just kind of talking about who are some of the names to get to know. From here, we'll be breaking down some of the different conference outlooks. Who are the guys to really take a look at when you get into conference play? We'll be breaking down position by position, starting from the quarterbacks all the way through uh, the the skill position players, the offensive line, then getting into the defense as well, from the trenches to the backers to the secondary. We'll be taking a look at the positions, but we'll also be breaking down week by week, what did I see out on the field? Who are the guys that were impressing? Who are the guys that I think elevated their game? And who are the guys that really have to step things up? So I think first things first, when you talk about the NFL draft, the first thing that everyone wants to focus on is the first round, right? Because that's prime time there on Thursday night of the, the three days of the draft. Everyone's paying attention to the top 32 picks because these are guys that the offense or defense are going to be built around. You're not going to take a guy in the first round who you don't expect to have an impact in the first couple of years. Maybe not year one, maybe it's year two, especially by way of a quarterback a lot of times, uh, sometimes receivers as well. But those are guys that really are going to be the pillars of your franchise. So you have to get the first round right. And I think when you really look at that, the first thing that you're going to delve into is the top 10. And I'll tell you what, the top 10 right now, the top talent in the 2024 draft class looks to be on the offensive side of the football. I think if I, if I were to look at right now, who are the guys that I think will come off the board in the top 10? And look, a lot of things are going to change. We know this. But as of right now, I've got seven guys on offense, just three guys on defense that I look at as top 10 picks. Now, there are a lot of other guys that could end up rising to the level of a top 10 pick. But right now, these are the 10 guys. You have Caleb Williams and Drake May. They're a quarterback quarterback. Number one, number two, who's going to come off the board first? That's really going to be the key matchup there, right? Then you have Marvin Harrison Jr. Look, the, the, the talent out of Ohio State, the son of a Hall of Famer. This is the guy who's probably the best wide receiver prospect since Calvin Megatron Johnson himself. When you look at the tight end and, and Brock Bowers, look, you know, I think the biggest thing with him is the lack of size, right? 6'4", 230, we haven't seen a guy his size come off the board in the top 10. But then you look at a guy like Bryce Young. We said the same thing about a quarterback like him, and he went number one overall a season ago. I think things were changing a little bit. I think Brock Bowers, because of the talent, we could see him coming off the board in the top 10. You got three offensive tackles. Olu Fashanu of Penn State, Joe Alt of Notre Dame. Those guys really set themselves apart. I think Fashanu could have been a top 10 pick in last year's draft. When you look at Joe, Alt, this guy is more fundamentally sound, maybe not quite the athlete that Mishanu is. And then you have J.C. Latham, a big mammoth right tackle, needs to cut down on the mistakes, but this is a guy who's big, he's physical, moves well, road grader. I look at him as a potential right tackle that could come off the board in the top 10. There are other guys. You know, you could talk about another quarterback, possibly Quinn Ewers, possibly Michael Penix Jr. We'll get into those conversations throughout the 2023 college football season. You, know, you look at receivers, Emeka Ebuka is probably the name that everyone's going to be throwing around as well. Defensively, Jared Verse of Florida State, a guy that we thought, hey, this guy's going to be a first round pick in last year's draft, ultimately decided to come back to Florida State. I think this is the guy, if he has another monster season, top 10 pick. Dallas Turner out of Alabama. No Will Anderson Jr., you've got to elevate your game. I look at Dallas Turner as a guy that, if he plays up to his potential, top 10 pick kool McKinstry of Alabama, the number one corner. Return ability as well. The ball skills led the country in, in pass breakups for guys that are returning. Top 10 pick. Now, there are other guys that you could say, well, what about uh, you know, Jerzon Newton? What about uh, Mason Smith? What about Jeremiah Trotter, Barrett Carter? Those are guys, look, you can make an argument for any one of those guys. Jerzon Newton kind of fits that same mold of, uh, of Kalijah Kansi. An undersized defensive tackle, to a degree, uses that explosiveness. Canty came off the board at number 19 a season ago. You look at Mason Smith, he's coming off of the knee injury. So he's got to really show that he's all the way back. Can he be that dominant self? And then when you get into the linebackers, you've got both Jeremiah Trotter and Barrett Carter, two guys that look like they should be first-round picks. But here's the thing. We only saw one linebacker come off the board in the first round a season ago, and that was Jack Campbell, the big 6'4", 259 pounder. Then we saw other guys like like Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson, who we thought had a chance to be a first rounder, they fell all the way to round number three. Not saying that's gonna happen with Jeremiah Trotter or Barrett Carter, but right now, that lack of overall size, I know that we're transitioning and the the defense, it has to change and adapt to the offensive game. But that undersized ability there, that's really what worries me about those guys coming off the board in the top 10. Now, when you're talking about them as a whole, and you're saying first round picks, absolutely. But top 10, maybe not. So that's really kind of where I'm at right now. You look at the corners as well. uh, You know, uh, know, Keelan King, Cooper Dejean, those are guys, you know, they're going to be first rounders. But look, if Christian Gonzalez wasn't a top 10 pick, then I don't see either of those guys landing in the top 10, at least not right now. So that's kind of where I'm at with this draft class. So as we look at the offense and we're breaking things down, I look at this quarterback class, and, I mean, you want to talk about studs. I mean, there's just quarterbacks everywhere. Caleb Williams of USC, we know what he did, the Heisman Trophy winner. This was a guy, I think, off schedule, off script, allowing him to make plays, you know, just roam around in the backfield. Uh, that's where he was at his best you know whether he was moving right moving left moving forward moving backward we saw him throw off of his back foot even off of one leg playing with that hamstring injury and still throw the ball 40 yards down the field reminds me of i I was talking about patrick mahomes using a lot of the same types of conversation the thing with caleb williams is is can he play within the pocket that's really the biggest question mark this is the guy that struggles with with throws beyond the numbers i think you know between the hashes he's great Beyond the numbers he struggles, those layered throws, trying to get it over the linebacker in front of the safety. Sometimes he always locks in on his receiver. The primary receiver doesn't come off of him, doesn't think what the defense gives him, looks for the home run threat. Can he see the entire field? There's no doubt that Caleb Williams' athleticism, it reminds you so much of of a Patrick Mahomes type. Then there's Drake May out of North Carolina. This is another kid who uh, just looks so smooth, makes everything look easy, 6'5", 220 pounds, very athletic, you know, uh, just under 700 yards on the ground. Uh, a season ago, this guy reminds you a lot of, of Justin Herbert, uh, 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions, over 4,300 yards passing. Uh, again, smooth, makes it look easy. And so, this is a guy, you know, you're looking at the different styles. You know, you're looking for Patrick Mahomes, you're looking for Justin Herbert. That's really what is going to separate Caleb Williams and Drake May, I think, when it comes down to it. Caleb Williams also getting to work with Cliff Kingsbury to go along with Lincoln Riley. So, we really get to see what that does to help elevate his game as well. So, who's going to be the third quarterback? That's going to be the huge question mark. That's really what everyone's trying to figure out. Could it be Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington? Pac-12's leading passer? was not Caleb Williams, it was Michael Penix Jr. He's got to show that he's all the way back from the injury. Could he have come out after last season? Sure. But he's got to show that he's healthy, that he can make it through another season there at Washington. This is a guy throwing bombs from the right hash to the left sideline on a line 40-plus yards down the field. The ball placement, perfect. This is a guy, the arm talent is absolutely there. You want to see him do it again. Same thing with Bo Nix out of Oregon. Look, Bo Nix, all the pressure was on him there at Auburn. He struggled with the Tigers. This was a guy that I remember he was telling stories about how he was a kid in the in the back of the end zone um, you know, against, I think it was in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, so this is a guy, he bled Auburn football, War Eagle. And, and so he struggled. He shows up at Oregon playing freely, playing loose. This is a guy, you know, he plays well from within the pocket, also very athletic, but I think, you know, his his – completion percentage really struggles when he gets outside the pocket, so he's got to work on that. J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. Could he be the third quarterback taken? I think there's a good chance. But, you know, the thing with it is when he gets the opportunity, he he steps up, but... He doesn't really get to show off enough there at Michigan. So it's really going to be interesting to see, does he have enough weapons there? Is it going to be more of a run dominated uh, offense there at Michigan? Want to see what J.J. McCarthy can do with those opportunities that he's given. How about Quinn Ewers out of Texas? This kid coming in as a top quarterback there at Ohio State, ultimately transfers there to Texas and and battles some injuries. Looked great against Alabama. Texas nearly pulled off the upset over the Crimson Tide goes down to an injury and really kind of you know needed to work you know work back to things. Put all the potential in the world. Cannon for an arm, pretty good athlete, but you know, can he put it all together and be consistent? If not, then Arch Manning's knocking on the door. So that's gonna be a huge question mark there for Quinn Ewers. Then there's Joe Milton out of Tennessee. Huge cannon of an arm. Reminds you of Anthony Richardson to a degree. Not quite the athlete that Anthony Richardson is, but the dude's got a just a rocket launcher there on, on his arm. So there's always that chance that Joe Milton could turn heads with that arm. Uh, Jordan Travis out of Florida State. If you're looking for a guy, you know, mobile, moves around really well, like Caleb Williams, Jordan Travis is that guy in the ACC. Speaking of the ACC, then you've got Riley Leonard out of Duke. Riley Leonard is kind of the guy that's flying under the radar. He's 6'4", 205, very athletic. Throws the ball really well. You just want to see how that frame is going to hold up another season. But this is the guy to keep an eye out for. I think he's one of the dark horses there in the ACC. Uh, getting beyond that that group, then you're talking about Michael Pratt out of Tulane. Look, led Tulane. He and TyJ Spears led the, the green wave. I love what Spears was able to do there at, at Tulane. And now Michael Pratt has to show that he can take this team to the next level without Spears. Willie Fritz you know, has done a tremendous job there in New Orleans. And Pratt, you know, he's a guy that we're going to be watching try to elevate his game. Now, when you're talking about conferences, Pac-12, we know what's happened to them. But you look at these guys, Shadur Sanders, the one year that he's going to get to play in the Pac-12, he's going to try to elevate his game there from Jackson State to Colorado. What can he do at the FBS level? Cam rising out of Utah, tough as nails. But this is a guy, can he take Utah, you know, can he take that next step with the Utes? DJ Uyunglele is going to get a a do-over, if you will, uh, a chance to really resurrect his career. Uh, You know, the disappointment there at Clemson. Now he's with Oregon State and the Beavers and Corvallis. You move to the Big Ten. You've got Talia Tagovailoa there at Maryland. Look, Maryland underrated to a degree there offensively. Talia, another undersized guy like his brother. He's a guy that can bring it. SEC you've got Spencer Rattler out of South Carolina. Look, when he's on, he's on. The two two teams that they beat, you know, in the top 10 down or t- down the stretch, but during the season, you know, before that, he really struggled to get things going and that's why South Carolina was not being talked about at the end of the season. Jaden Daniels out of LSU. Look, up and down season. You know he struggled with Keshawn Booty, but really developed the chemistry there with uh, with Mason Taylor, the tight end, and with uh, Malik Neighbors, receiver. Want to see what he can do developing his game. I thought that he was really overrated. At Arkansas, or I mean, at Arizona State. What can we see there at LSU? KJ Jefferson, big, physical, strong arm quarterback there at, at Arkansas. I think he's still more of an athlete playing quarterback. Want to see him really elevate his game. You got the guys in Mississippi, Jackson Garza Jr., the guy that came from USC to Ole Miss. What can he do there with Lane Kiffin? Will Rogers, the dude has a rubber arm. I mean, the guy seems to sit there and throw, I don't know how many passes. I don't have the, the number quite in front of me, but this guy seems like he's always throwing 40, 50, 60 passes. Uh, Going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, the late great, uh, you know, Mike Leach is not there. So really want to see what that offense will do uh, with Will Rogers. there at a quarterback now, uh, you know, Big 12, you got Jalen Daniels, tremendous athlete. Will Howard, big physical, strong-arm quarterback there for K-State. Underrated quarterback. Then you get into the group of five. Group of five, you got Austin Reed out of Western Kentucky. This is a guy that flirted with the, the transfer portal, decided he will go ahead and come back. Uh, you know, A guy that I think, if you're talking outside of uh, the power five, he's a guy to really keep an eye out for. Grayson McCall out of coastal Carolina struggled with an injury a season ago, but this is a guy really ran that offense there with Jamie Chadwell to a T. Uh, you know, that that spread option that they ran there. Want to see what he looks like here in 2023. Can his game translate to the next level? You got Frank Harris out of UTSA, very athletic quarterback. Uh, Curtis Rourke, look, you know, Nathan Rourke there. What did he do there for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, Curtis Rourke could do a lot of the same things. I think he might actually be a better passer there at, uh, at Ohio. Then you have a lot of the transfers. Sam Hartman going to Notre Dame. This is a guy RPO all day long. Struggles when he has to drop back. uh, Cade McNamara out of Iowa. Up and down career there at Michigan. Getting a new start there with the Hawkeyes. Tanner Mordecai. Look, he went from Oklahoma to SMU. Now he's moving on to Wisconsin. What can you do with Luke Fickle's run offense? Actually, the offense is being run by Phil Longo. Uh, Brendan Armstrong, NC State. Look, Devin Leary left for Kentucky. You know we're talking about him as well. Devin Leary battled some injuries there. Uh, Brandon Armstrong was at Virginia. You know we kind of see some of that carousel there. You know ACC and then ACC moving to the SEC. Then Phil Jurkovic decides, look, you know now that Keaton Slovis has moved on to BYU, I'm going to go ahead and move on to Pitt from BC get a chance there see really what can happen look Kenny Pickett was there uh you know Keaton Slovis I thought you know kind of helped resurrect his career a little bit now we can see what Keaton Slovis can do at BYU and then don't forget about JT Daniels at Rice you know what are we going to see out of him you know I know the injuries have really been been a big thing um you know this is a guy he's playing for his fourth team now um you know can he resurrect his career so a lot of different storylines there at the quarterback spot running backs and look, I know running back is really a position that has been devalued. We've seen that with Saquon Barkley. We've seen that with Jonathan Taylor. What's going to happen with this group? Josh Jacobs right now, you know, that, that's another question mark. Um, but with this group, I don't think we've got a guy that's obviously isn't going to be a John Robinson. I don't know if there's a guy that's going to come off the board in round one. The only guy that I think really has a chance right now is Blake Corum out of Michigan. This was the guy that we were talking about as a potential first rounder along with... Robinson and Jameer Gibbs and and then he has the knee injury what can he do coming back there with the Wolverines this guy is a you know just a bowling ball uh you know Braylon Allen is a big physical running back there at Wisconsin hasn't really gotten a chance to catch the football out of the backfield Phil Longo spread offense we get to see what this guy can do he may be able to elevate his game and put himself into the conversation as the number one running back Raheem Rocket Sanders out of Arkansas look this guy moved to running back from receiver just more out of necessity and what does he do he turns into just an absolute beast the guy that can both catch the football out of the backfield dominant dude between the tackles as well 6'2", 225 pounds over 1400 yards a season ago then you move on You know, from there you you get to Travion Henderson out of Ohio State another guy who battled some injuries I think that's really one of the things that was well documented 5'10", 210 when he was healthy over 1200 yards and 27 receptions Um, for the Buckeye running back. You have know, got Mayan Williams coming back again, the physical guy, physical nature. You think about, you know, what Bijan Robinson and, and Roshan Johnson, could Henderson and, and Williams have that same type of a relationship? How about Trey Benson out of Florida State? This is a guy, look, over 900 yards on the ground, uh, a guy who is physical, he's 6'1", 211 pounds, he's going to run through you, and then also showing, uh, you know, that, that ability, that four, probably four, four possibly, speed uh, for a guy that size, you know, that's really impressive. You've got Bucky Irving out Oregon, another guy that I think really uh, is underrated. I think he's kind of flying under the radar with this draft class and uh, people start needing to, to take notice of him. Over a thousand yards, 31 receptions at 5'10", 190 pounds. He's a guy that, that I think people should be keeping an eye out for. Uh, you've got Donovan Edwards out of Michigan. You know, another guy, look, he nearly went over uh, you a know, thousand yards, 38 receptions in two seasons there with the Wolverines. He'll be another guy to really keep an eye out for as well in Big Ten play. Look, Big Ten is stacked with running backs. You get to the ACC, you've got Will Shipley out of Clemson. This is a guy who started day one with the Tigers. Uh, another guy who is versatile. He can run between the tackles on the outside. A guy that I think you know, isn't getting the respect that he deserves. You know, So hopefully, with us play in there. He can really start elevating his game. Really what they need to do is make sure that they're running the offense through Will Shipley. Shipley. I know that you've got Clubnick but Will Shipley needs to be the guy. Marshawn Lloyd, move him from South Carolina to USC. What is he going to look like in that offense? A guy that I think he's going to be catching passes for Caleb Williams, but also that guard tackle pull, will allow him to be able to make the cuts off of off of those uh, those blocks with that counter play then you got carson Steele, the blonde flowing locks there out of UC, uh, ucla transfer from ball state this is a dude it's physical between the tackles but he can make it make you miss in the hole and i uh, could take off down the field blake watson a guy that was a model of consistency at old dominion he's transferred moved on to memphis keep an eye out for him michael wiley there at, at uh at arizona look gary brightwell carved a niche out for himself at the next level i think michael wiley has a chance to do that as well frank gore jr Son of a of, uh, uh, Frank Gore, Appalachian State. Look, this is a guy, we saw what he could do in the bowl game. Over 300 yards on the ground, set a bowl record. Um, a guy that could be an absolute beast. Uh, Larry McCammon out of FAU. Uh, Damian Webb out of South Alabama. Dana Hunter out of Liberty are three guys that, uh, you know, kind of flying under the radar, group of five groups. And, uh, you know, those will be names to kind of keep an eye out for as well. You look at the receiver position, and obviously Marvin Harrison Jr., is going to be the class of, of that group, a guy that, look, you know, you've got the speed, you got a guy who's six four, you know, he shouldn't be able to sink his hips and drive in and out of his cuts uh, the way that he's able to do that. You know, he's, he's got the long arms, the, the, the catch radius, it's really remarkable to watch him play. Uh, you know, but Emeka Ibuka is such a smooth receiver, a guy that just knows how to get open, excellent route runner. He's another guy to keep an eye out for, uh, potentially in the top half of round number one. But look, You know, there are a lot of teams that have multiple wide receivers. Romo Dunze, Jalen McMillan there at Washington. Keep an eye out for the two of them because, look, obviously you've got Michael Penix Jr. Romo Dunze is going to be your vertical threat on the outside. Jalen McMillan is going to be more of a slot guy. Uh, You know, Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell there at Texas. Uh, A.D. Mitchell battles some injuries there at Georgia. Uh, He's transferred to Texas. He'll be a guy on the outside. Xavier Worthy, to me, could be this year's Zay Flowers. Keep an eye out there. Uh, Florida State, you've got the giant Johnny Wilson. He's 6'7". And... For, for whatever reason this is a guy that just always seems to get open down the field uh, was able to stretch defenses get behind and uh and make plays down the football field he's a guy that's going to be a lot of fun to watch um uh, you know 6'7, 235 and, and average 20.9 yards per reception i mean it's just absolutely ridiculous he's going to be teaming up with keon coleman the 6-4 receiver there out of florida state look you know um uh, you know transferred from michigan state and look, Jordan Travis, he's going to have some, some dudes there on the outside. USC brings in Dornian Singer, the Pac-12 leading receiver uh, to, to play there on the outside. Brendan Rice is an interesting guy. Look, you know, son of Jerry Rice, the GOAT, uh, struggled early on catching the football, but down the stretch he was one of the more reliable receivers. Mario Williams, Super Mario. Transferred to USC with Caleb Williams, want to really see him elevate his game. I thought that he was a guy that you know really, had he stayed at Oklahoma, could have been the guy there with Marvin Mims, uh, but ultimately. I think at SC, it's just so many, so many guys that you're trying to spread the ball around to. Uh, is he going to be able to stand out, especially now that Zachariah Branch is emerging there? You've got Makai Lemon, another freshman, Deuce Robinson, the tight end, and then you've got Taj Washington, another guy in this draft class to keep an eye out for. Could be a, a, another slot weapon. You know, more than likely is going to be a, a preferred, uh, or I'm sorry, an undrafted free agent, but a guy to keep an eye out for nonetheless. Malachi Corley out of West, Western Kentucky. Uh, this is a guy that I think is one of the receivers that people aren't talking about he's probably the least talked about of the receivers who is most likely to um, be a first round pick you know this is a guy that you know he has good uh, you know, just good ball skills 511 200 um, over 1200 yards uh, through the air. You know, I think he's a guy that knows how to get open. Could he be a first rounder? Maybe early day two. But uh, you know, Malachi Corley, he and Austin Reed are going to put up some huge numbers there for the Hilltoppers. Jacob Cowing out of Arizona, the transfer from UTep from a season ago. He's the guy that's going to be the guy there for the Wildcats, going to work there in the slot. Mentioned Malik Neighbors earlier there at LSU. We're getting into the SEC conversation now with these receivers. Malik Neighbors, it wasn't Keyshawn Mouti who was the number one wideout. It was Malik Neighbors. Antoine Wells, Juice Wells, when South Carolina was elevating his game, beating top ten opponents, Juice Wells was beating guys on the outside, getting vertical. He's going to be a guy that's going to be relied upon there uh, to get Spencer Rattler going. Lad McConkey there out, out of Georgia. Carson Beck's going to be your receiver. Lad McConkey underrated, knows how to get open, uh, deceptive speed, excellent route running, tremendous hands. He's going to be pairing up with Donovic, uh, Don, Dominic Dominic Lovett. Uh, you know, transfer from Missouri. Uh, he's going to be a, a nice slot weapon there for the Georgia Bulldogs. How about Moose Muhammad? the third there out of of Mississippi State. I thought down the stretch, really looked good there for Will Rogers. He'll be another guy to keep an eye out for, for sure. Uh, Rondé Gadsden, the second there out of Syracuse. Is he a tight end? Is he just a huge receiver? What is he exactly? I think ultimately, we're going to be talking about him as a wide receiver. Uh, You look at him and and Johnny Wilson, they're going to be the two that you're going to really keep an eye out for. Uh, Really kind of changing the game in terms of the size of some of these guys. Uh, But, you know, the catch radius, you know, he's just, he's a beast, man. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch there in the ACC. How about Dante Cephas? Transfer from K-State to Penn State. Going to be the the big weapon there for Drew Aller. Keep an eye out there for for Dante Cephas. Ali Jennings, another guy that transferring from a group of five school, going from from ODU, Old Dominion, transferring to Virginia Tech. Back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. This is a guy that knows how to play the game. Excellent route running ability. Keep an eye out for him there with the Hokies. Then obviously there's there's Zakari Franklin, one of the better receivers there, uh, you know, in, in the group of five. UTSA now he's going to be the number one weapon for Jackson Dart, replacing Jonathan Mingo. Weapon on the outside, long arms, really a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, I, I think you've got uh, you know Troy Franklin uh, out of Oregon. Uh, I don't know how I missed talking about him. 6'2", 170, Another guy that's going to be the number one weapon on the outside for Bo Nix. Uh, let's see. Uh, Corian Clark and Joseph Cephas will be a nice combo there. Or uh, the Roadrunners and, and Frank, uh, Frank Harris. Uh, Jamal Banks, Donovan Green. Donovan Green out four to five months with, with a knee injury, but Jamal Banks is, is a big physical receiver to keep an eye out for. Same with Torrey out of, Horton out of Colorado State. You want to find a reason to tune in and, and watch the Rams. Both he and Mohamed Kamara, they their pass rusher, 6'1", 250. Those are the two guys to really keep an eye out for. Uh, you know, Jeremiah Hunter out of Cal. Look, Jay uh, Michael Sturdivant has moved on to UCLA. So keep an eye out for Jeremiah Hunter. He's another name to keep an eye out on. And then at, at Ohio, when you know with Curtis Work at, at quarterback, you've got Sam Wiggles and Jacoby Jones, two wide receivers that I think could end up making some noise uh, there in the MAC. And then one final guy that I. I kind of saving the best for last in terms of that, that playmaking ability in space. Isaiah Williams is kind of the joystick type of guy. And we talk about guys that are joysticks. He's a guy that can make you miss in the open field there in the Big Ten. Um, you know, a guy that's probably going to be, you know, either a late day two, early day three, but still a guy that can be very explosive. Tight ends. Brock Bowers. 6'4", 230. That's really the biggest thing, that, that, that biggest knock. Excellent route runner, guy that is going to be a mismatch for li- uh, linebackers, safeties, corners. Doesn't matter. Uh, you know, pretty good blocker. You know the athleticism. You also see him, you know, taking handoffs and coming around the edge. And uh, you know what can not this guy do? Uh, so he, it, the, I think the big question mark is just going to be how high is he going to come off the board on draft day? Uh, Jatavian uh, Sanders, there out of Texas. You know, really started becoming a weapon in the passing game. Also a pretty solid blocker. Brevin Span Ford out of Minnesota. Can they throw the football a little bit more? That's going to be the big question mark. But the big 6'7 tight end is an excellent blocker. He's a guy that's a lot of fun to watch for sure. Uh, same same goes for, for Jalen Conyers out of Arizona State. He's 6'4", 250 pounds. Looks like a, a basketball player out there. 38 receptions for over 400 yards there for Conyers. He's a guy to, that I think is going to move up some draft boards. Uh, Jaheen Bella, formerly of South Carolina, now at Florida State, and Brant Keithy out of Utah. Keithy coming off the knee injury. These are two guys that are undersized. So are 6'2", 6'3". What are teams, you know, how are they going to value them? Where are they going to play them? That's going to be the big question mark with them that could hamper their draft stock. Uh, Byron Nesbitt, I think is the returning receiver. Uh, for leading receiver there for the Tar Heels and and Drake May, big 6'5", tight end. You got Cade Stover, you got uh, Theo Johnson there in uh, in the Big Ten at Ohio State and Penn State, respectively. Cade Johnson, you know, Decent blocker. He, I think he got better. Decent pass option. And then you got Theo Johnson, who was kind of the, uh, you know, he was the, the, the Robin to Brenton strangest Batman. But we're going to see him really elevate his game, hopefully, this year. Uh, for Drew Aller. Uh, CJ Dupree, they're out of Alabama. Transfer from Maryland. Uh, McCallum Castles. Coming from FCS, UC Davis to Tennessee. He'll be a weapon there for Joe Milton. Austin Stogner. Coming back to Oklahoma from, from South Carolina under Brent Venables now. Keep an eye out for him there in the Big 12. Really kind of struggled at South Carolina. So want to see what he can do coming back into that offense. Uh, you, know, Gavin Bartholomew out of Pittsburgh and, uh, and Mason Fairchild out of Kansas. Those are two tight ends that I'm a big fan of. Uh, you've got Eric All moving in there at Iowa, coming off the injury there at Michigan. Luke Lachey is a guy out of Iowa that people aren't really talking about. Excellent blocker, decent pass catcher as well. Uh, Eric Gilbert, you know LSU, Georgia. Now he's at Nebraska. Is this the guy that can ultimately get onto the field, stay healthy, and keep himself out of trouble? That's going to be a huge question mark. Really don't know what the answer is going to be right now. And then Jared Wiley out of TCU. This is a guy who I think you know is going to catch some passes. He's a physical dude. He's a big guy. And uh you know, when I think of, of of tight ends, you know, I think like Tyler Conklin. Um, you know, I think Jared Wiley kind of falls into that same category. When you get to the offensive line, I've mentioned Olu Pashanu there out of Penn State, Joe Ald out of Notre Dame, JC Latham out of Alabama. Those really are gonna be the three guys that I think are going to be your Uh, your top three offensive tackles off the ball, or I mean off the board. And when when you look at this group, Joe Alt, you know, gave up just five pressures, three hurries, just a couple of sacks, um, I'm sorry, a couple of hits, and and that was it. Olufashanu, just one hit, six hurries, seven pressures. Uh, J.C. Latham, just one hit, 10 hurries, 11 pressures, but the 11 penalties. That's the big thing. You know, when you look at Joe Ault, just one penalty. Oluf Fashanu, penalty free. So those are going to be some of the question marks there, really, when, when it comes down to it when, with J.C. Latham's game. Mike, keep him out of the top ten. Can he have a clean season? That's going to be the big question mark. Who's going to be tackled number four? Is it going to be Graham Barton out of Duke? You know, this is a guy, look, he did give him a couple of sacks, seven penalties to his credit as well. But this is a guy, look, uh, you know, Riley Leonard's going to need a guy – blocking that blind side and 6'5, 306, Graham Barton. Easy mover, very physical as well. Um, you know, I think about uh, a guy like Kingsley uh, Suomataya. You know, he played right tackle with Blake Freeland there at left tackle. Now he's gonna get to kick over to the left side. No sacks given up. This is another dude who's going to be very physical there, Uh, a guy that a lot of people I think we're talking about as a potential, you know, could he kick inside to guard? Uh, I think it's possible, but really you want to see the footwork. You want to see what he can do there on the outside. He's a guy that I'm really going to be interested in to see uh, what he can do, how he can develop um, this season really at that left tackle position. And uh, when you're talking about, you know, he didn't get, like I said, didn't give up a sack. There were six uh, six penalties um, that, that, that he gave up there. But uh, at the end of the day, he's going to be big. He's going to be physical. Um, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. 6'6", six, six, 315 there for the BYU Cougars. Um, beyond that, you've got, how about uh, Jonah Monheim? they're at USC. 6'6", six, six, I'm sorry, 6'5", 295, he's moving from the right side to the left side as well. But Caleb Williams is going to have three guys, three tackles that didn't give up a sack a season ago. You know, you think about that, you got Jonah Bonheim, then you have Michael Tarkin uh, out of Florida, you're coming from Florida to USC, didn't give up a sack. And then Jared Kingston played tackle at Washington State, he's going to kick inside to guard, also didn't give up a sack. So you have three tackles. Didn't give up a sack a season ago. You think about Justin Dietrich there at center, who we'll be talking about. You know, you've got a lot of guys who, you know, if you can block well for Caleb, that's just going to make things that much more interesting down the stretch. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously, you've got uh, Joe Alt, but how about Blake Fisher? Blake Fisher is another guy that I, I'm really curious to see what he can do. Um, this season, you know, a guy that battled some injuries, and that's obviously a huge concern uh, when you're coming into the season. What are you going to get out of out of him? Is he going to be able to uh, to stay healthy? Um, but when he is healthy, I think Blake Fisher is another guy. Is he going to be in the in the top uh, you know that top group? Probably not. He did give up five sacks a season ago, um, but you know got to clean up some of that you know that consistency more than anything else. But he's a guy, watch the footwork. This is a guy that I think is gonna to continue to get better and better. And he'll be a guy to keep an eye out for, for sure. Jack Nelson out of Wisconsin, 6'7", 3'10". You know, you've got him in uh, you know Phil Longo's offense. Uh, a guy that, look, he could be physical there on the outside. a guy that could really uh, you know, drive piles, was really used to that physical side of the brand of football. Now you get to see him in the spread offense, so he's going to get to put on different types of film. I think that's going to be really fun to watch as well and see how he can develop um, there for the Wisconsin Badgers. Staying in the Big Ten, you look at a team in, in Iowa. You know, you're talking about offensive linemen. You have to talk about Iowa. You look at Connor Colby he's going to be a guy that, that we have to keep an eye out for. I think he's really going to kick inside to guard. You know, really struggled. You know, There were 19 pressures given up uh, to go along with with 11, uh, 11 hurries. Uh, did give up a couple of sacks as well. Uh, but he's, he's a physical presence, a guy that I think will probably kick inside to guard. But uh, definitely a guy to keep an eye out for, for sure. Uh, and then you have Telese Fuaga out of Oregon State. Now, Oregon State's going to have a couple of guys that are really going to be blocking well for uh, for DJ Uyangoloa, and with, with Fuaga, Fuaga is a guy. He plays right tackle. He's 6'6", 325, um, Definitely fits the build in terms of when you're talking about a physical right tackle, and that's really going to be the thing that you're going to be looking for. A guy that uh, you know can can really move guys uh, in, in the run game. Didn't give up a sack a season ago. Just just two hits, eight hurries, ten pressures. Just three. Uh, Three penalties at the end of the day, so uh is definitely a guy to keep an eye out for for sure there in the Pac-12. And then you've got Joshua Gray as well, another guy that did not give up a sack. He's going to go struggled a little bit more there on the left side. Um, but six four three zero five lacks some of that length. I think he'll be a guy that's going to want to kick inside to guard. I think that's really going to make more sense for him. Um, how about Jordan Morgan out of Arizona, a guy that's going to be battling injuries, six six three ten there for Arizona. Uh, Amarius Mims. Georgia, 6'7", 330, The next guy that's going to step in line there uh, for the Bulldogs. Zion Nelson feels like he's been there forever at Miami. Uh, you know, up and down career. You know, I think he's a guy that we talked, we've been talking about for the last couple of drafts. Could he come out? I think this is going to be the year, kind of that prove it year. He gets another year under his belt with it with Mario Cristobal. He's a guy to watch out for. Uh, that could definitely make some noise. Uh, Washington. And we're going to talk about Troy uh, Patanu. You know, the left tackle, who I think is going to be a better guard at the next level. So that's really what we're going to talk about. But how about Roger Rosengarten on the opposite side? Right tackle, 6'6", 294, very athletic. Uh, you know, Javon Foster there out of uh, Missouri, 6'5", 319. Uh, another dude who was very, uh, very consistent for, for the Tigers, Patrick Paul out of houston six seven three ten his brother chris paul there for uh, for tulsa uh, very easy mover there on the outside there for the cougars walter rouse formerly of stanford now at oklahoma battled some injuries he's going to be healthy what's he going to be able to do there for the Sooners at left tackle then tcu has a couple of guys you got brandon coleman and andrew coker coleman 64 320 Coker, 66 304 I think Coleman's probably the guy that everyone's gonna be wanting to keep an eye out for but uh, don't, don't slip on Coker and I think these are two guys that you know the athleticism is absolutely there um, you know Robert Scott jr I think you know last year he struggled quite a bit uh 65 315 he's a guy that I'm really gonna be looking at you know, can he elevate his game can he get back to uh, you know the way that he was playing in 2021 k State. Talk about the physical nature, the physicality of that uh, that offense and that offensive line. Uh, you know, my favorite player on that offensive line is a guy that we'll be talking about here in just a moment. Um, but when I look at this group, uh, you know, I, I think about uh, that left tackle, and, and that's you know KJ Levison. You know, he's a guy you know he, he did give up you know, some some sacks. You know, gave up about five of those, but he's 6'5", 330, uh, physical player, physical presence. He'll be a guy to keep an eye out for as well. Uh, Marcus Bryant out of SMU is, you know, look, he's 6'8", 315, uh, but tremendous length, uh, did give up some sacks, but a dude that when you look at, uh, when you really put on the game film, uh, a guy that I think is pretty darn efficient when it's all said and done, when you're talking about SMU only giving up four sacks with all of the uh the, the pass plays that, that this guy had to had to deal with you know, 512 pass blocking reps and uh gave up just four sacks so you know he'll be a guy that people are going to be talking about as well so then you get inside kick inside the guard and my favorite player on that k-state group um, obviously, is Cooper BB. Cooper BB is going to be my, my number one guard. Um, just gave up two two hits, four hurries, six pressures. And he played guard, kicked outside a tackle as well due to an injury. And, uh, look, he's physical. He, he's surprisingly athletic. Um, for a guy his size, 6'4", 335, moves really well. Uh, I, I think the other name to really watch out for is Christian Haynes out of UConn. 6'2", 310. Uh, I I think he's very smooth, both in pass protection and as a run run blocker. Just gave him one hit, two hurries, three pressures. Um, Very, very physical at the point of attack. He's a guy that I I really like. Same with Zach Zinter out of Michigan. 6'6", 315, very nasty disposition. Uh, He's going to want to get physical with you. Same with Christian Mahogany, though, out of of Boston College. 6'3", 335, coming back from injury. Um, Troy Fitanu, I mentioned him, six four, 307. They're out of Washington. Uh, no, he, he doesn't have tremendous length, but I look at him as a top five guard, uh, a guy that can get really physical, um, and you love the athleticism as well. Uh, Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones are out of Ohio State. Uh, they're right around 6'4", 310. Uh, they're a couple of guys that uh, I think they're going to be in that conversation you know, among the uh the top guards in the draft as well. Uh, so those be guys to keep an eye out for for sure. And then how about Clark Barrington? BYU moves on to Baylor. He'll be a guy, obviously, to watch out for as well. And then how about Javion Cohen? Uh, they're at Miami. 6'4", 305. Move from Alabama. He'll be a guy to keep an eye out for. When you get to the center position, this is an interesting group. You've got Cedric Van Prong, Ranger, 6'4", 3'10". He's a guy that uh, you know, didn't give up any sacks. Um, a season ago really the, the guy that looks to be the, the class of this group but you've got Matt Lee out of out of Miami formerly of UCF and you know, if you haven't gotten a chance to watch him uh, make sure you tune in and, and watch Miami play uh, because Matt Lee look just gave up three hurries just three pressures and uh, you know, physical as, as a run blocker as well but he's a dominant pass blocker um, so I, I think that's gonna be you know and especially getting under Mario crystal ball want to really see what he can do elevate his game uh, but on top of that you've got a guy like Zach Frazier out of West Virginia uh, a leader you know gave up some sacks but you know he's very physical uh, in the run game I think he's probably a better run blocker than Matt Lee is right now Um, uh, So he'll be a guy to keep an eye out for. Bryce Foster out of Texas A&M, 6'5", 325, only a junior. Keep an eye out for him, though, because he's coming back from an injury when when he was healthy. He was physical, wanted to throw guys around. Bo Limmer out of Arkansas, 6'5", 300. He was a guard, moving inside to the pivot this year. He's going to have some of that that versatility to keep an eye on. Justin Dietrich out of USC, 6'2", 305, I mentioned. Didn't give up a sack a season ago. This guy is the emotional leader of that team. Keep an eye out for him. How about the 40-plus game starter? Sincere Hainsworth out of Tulane, 6'1", 3'10". Keep an eye out there. Dylan McMahon, NC State. Brian Hudson, Louisville. A couple of guys are 6'4", about 3'05". Keep an eye. ACC, that's going to be a lot of fun. Willie Lampkin, look, he burst on the scene as a freshman. He's undersized, only foot 275". He was at Coastal Carolina for three years. Now he's going to kind of kick inside to that pivot. What can he do there for the Tar Heels in ACC play? And then we'll putt him out of Clemson. Another name, veteran guy that's going to be kicking around there. Um, last guy that I'll mention is Drake Nugent, out of, out of, formerly of Stanford, now at Michigan, 6'1", 300. Look, you know, he's got big shoes to fill. You know, Ola Wattini, now it's going to be Drake Nugent. What can he do there at that center spot? So that's the offense. Now we move to the defensive side of the football. And when we're talking about edge rushers, I've already mentioned Jared Verse and Dallas Turner. With Jared Verse, this is a guy, look, 6'4", 295, uh, 17 tackles for loss, nine sacks, uh, excellent motor, doesn't bend quite like you'd like, but very explosive, a guy that's going to set the edge really well against the run. That's something that I think definitely is is, – a lot of fun to watch. 48 tackles uh, and that's 17 tackles for loss. That's really getting into the backfield and disrupting a lot of run plays. So a guy that's going to be a three down player right off the bat. You gotta love that. Dallas Turner, 6'4", 245. This is going to be an edge rusher, pure edge rusher coming off that edge there. Uh, eight and a half sacks as a true freshman. Look, he, there's no will anderson jr there's nowhere to hide it's going to be the dallas turner show there for the crimson side a big year from him and we're going to hear his name called very very early ucla's leatu latu a guy that looked due to injuries concussions and such you know he thought he was going to walk away from the game there at washington ends up coming to ucla in 2022 and, uh, ten, ten and a half sacks, very physical, the win rate among the, the, the highest in um, in all of, of, of college football. And when you talk about that, that win rate, that's going to be something that everyone, I think, is really going to be talking about. When you when you look at it, though, guys that are returning, he was second. Uh, let's see, second in sacks with 11, and then second in hurries with 35. So that's really something that, that kind of jumps off at you. Braylon Trice out of Washington. This is another guy, look, 6'4", 267. Is he going to be a uh, 34 outside linebacker? Is he going to put his hand in the dirt? That's going to be really interesting to see. But the 45, uh, 45 hurries. A guy that really was getting to the quarterback you know, at, at will, along with uh, you know, eight sacks, 15 hits. You know, he was among the top guys, you know, returners in this draft class. Uh, Braylon Price is a guy that we're talking about as a potential first-round pick as well. Uh, JT Tumaloa. Six four two seventy seven. 6'4", 277, out of Ohio State. The guy that, look, you have know, 10.5 tackles for loss, 3.5 sacks. Um, but if you really want to talk about JT Tui out, there's really just one game that you, you put the game on, put the game film on, and you can just see how this guy has the ability to just take over a game. And I think you know which game I'm going to be talking about, and that's going to be that, that Penn State game. Uh, you know, had three tackles for loss, two sacks, had a couple of interceptions, including one that he returned for for a touchdown. He just seemed to be everywhere in that game, and that was really where they needed him to uh, to take over yeah, because they were down uh, going at, in, into the half. They were down 14-13, and then Ohio State after that um, you know, just gets a field goal there in uh, in the third quarter. So going into the fourth quarter. 16 14 game, it was really anybody's game, and then out of nowhere, Ohio State, you know, 28 points uh, in the fourth quarter, just 17 there for Penn State. Sean Clifford, look, you know, it was JT Lowow doing a lot of the damage, but it wasn't against Olu Fashanu. Olu Fashanu was able to handle the speed and quickness of JT Tuivoloao, and then also the length and power, and bull rush of, of Zach Harrison, which is another reason why. Sean who's going to be a top-10 pick, but I digress. J.T. Tuimaloau, he took over that game in the second half, working on, on that right tackle. He's going to be a guy to me that uh, could end up working his way into round number one. Then you've got Chop Robinson out of Penn State. You look at Chop Robinson. I mean, here's here's another guy when you're talking about uh, Penn State edge rushers, and uh, you know with, with Chop. You know, he, he's, he's not the biggest guy by any means. I, I think that's something that we, we can all, all all agree with, right? He's 6'3", 250 pounds. He's not, not the biggest dude by uh, by by normal standards. But when you look at it, with four sacks, 28 hurries, not a guy that, that put up a ton of numbers. A guy that, that put up the numbers at Penn State, it was Arnold Abichetti. And, and you know, second-round pick there at, at, you know, with the Falcons. We see what he's been able to do. But then you think of a guy like, like Jason Owe, you know, or now Odafe Owe. Uh, there with, with Baltimore, and, and when when Owe was there at Penn State, it was more about the potential, and, and you know more so than just the numbers that he was putting up. And, and that's something for me when I look at at Odafe, Owe, Owe, 257, two fifty seven, didn't have a sack in, in twenty twenty, and yet uh, you know still heard his name called. Uh, with the 31st overall pick. When I look at Chop Robinson, he has a chance to slide his name in at the end of round number one. I, I, I think That's really where, where his, his ceiling is when we're talking about the draft right now, unless he has an explosive gear uh, coming out of things. Uh, but there are a lot of other guys in this draft class that we can also talk about and point to. Um, how about Akeem Mesidor out of, out of Miami? The guy that I think is underrated. People aren't really talking about him. I don't know why. He's 6'2", 272, transferred from West Virginia, and uh, all he did was 10.5 tackles for loss, seven sacks, a guy that can be physical at the point of attack, get after the quarterback. Jack Sawyer is taking over for Zach Harrison there at Ohio State, 6'4", 240, just seven and a half sacks in two seasons. But you see the potential. Can he live up to that, that five-star ability? Darren Sorrell out of Texas, 6'3, 246. Is he gonna put his hand in the dirt? Is he gonna be a linebacker? That's gonna be the big question mark. Five and a half sacks this past season. He's a dude that can get after the quarterback there on the outside. Now, I mentioned Chop, Chop Robinson, seven and a half sacks. Uh, you know, he, he transferred from, from Maryland to Penn State. So again, seven and a half sacks. How many did did Odafe Owe have through two seasons there at Penn State? Seven. Six and a half tackles for loss, thirty-eight uh, total tackles, and, and zero sacks. He, you know, with Chop Robinson, he kind of fits that same mold. He's just not quite as big as as Owen, but the explosiveness coming off the edge and his ability to to get into the backfield uses his hands really well. He'll be a guy to still keep an eye out for for sure. Uh, Zion Tua, Tupuola Tui. And we look at, at Washington, six four, two hundred and sixty. Another guy um, you know, he's battled some injuries, can't really stay on the field. Twenty twenty two was his first year we played a full thirteen games. I think if you added up the first four seasons. Um, he equaled 13 games, had eight sacks in those, uh, you know, had seven, though, there in 2020. And that's really where he, things kind of took off for him. The seven sacks in just three games. Everyone was surprised. Wow. But he just can't stay on the field. So that's going to be a huge question mark. How about Chico Bennett Jr. out of Virginia? 6'4", 250, seven sacks a season ago. Look, you know, the, the Cavaliers, I think it's going to be another rough season there in the ACC. But Chico Bennett's is going to be a bright spot for them. Derek McClendon, Florida State. He was the running mate there for Jared Verse. He loses him. He goes to Colorado, six four two fifty one. Um, I'm expecting to see him elevate his game a little bit, and we can see what he can do there. Chop Robinson's running mate is Adisa Isaac, six four two forty eight, four sacks a season ago. Keep an eye out for him as well. I think he's another talented, uh, talented defender. How about Owen Porter? Nobody's really talking about Owen Porter. I don't know why. Uh, because to me, Owen Porter is a guy that. Uh, is incredibly explosive. He was a lot of fun for me to watch there at Marshall. I think it's because he's a little undersized. He's 6'3", 235. Probably going to be a, a 34 outside linebacker, but 12 sacks this past season. A dude that just knows how to get to the quarterback. Um, so, yes, he's a little bit raw. Yes, he's a little bit undersized. Man, he's a guy. He'll probably end up falling to, like, the fourth round because of the lack of overall size, but he can definitely get after the quarterback. He can absolutely bring it. Another undersized guy, Donovan, um, Izuru Waku, uh, you know, out of a... Uh, Boston College, 6'2, 250. Uh, he's, he's only going to be a junior, uh, so he could come back for another season, but had eight sacks a season ago. Uh, explosive, you know, uh, a guy that I think is probably going to end up having to play a linebacker uh, at, at the next level. But he'll be a guy that I think people will have to keep an eye out for as well. Um, how about uh, you know, Richard Jabuna? Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that wrong. But another guy, you know, this time out of Troy. Uh, 10 sacks. 6'3", 222, you know, these guys at these uh, at these, uh, these group of five schools, they're a little smaller, uh, but, man, they're a lot of fun to watch. They've got a, a, you know, this high motor and this ability to just continue to push it and get after the quarterback. So keep an eye out for him. Watch Troy. You know, Troy is really a lot of fun to watch. That's a team that is going to be bringing it there in the Sun Belt. Jacoby Whitman out of Michigan State. Uh, transfer there from UNLV, uh, a guy that can really bend the edge, and I think he's you know expecting to have a big year there for the Spartans. Uh, Rondell Bothroyd out of Wake Forest, moved on to Oklahoma. Andre Carter, West, Western Michigan to Indiana. Josiah Stewart, Coastal Carolina to Michigan. Those are three transfers this season that are must-see. All three of these guys know how to get after the quarterback. All three of these guys are going to – just wreak havoc. They are pass rush specialists. They're going to be guys that we're going to have to tune into. Uh, so, those are those are the guys that I'm really keeping an eye out for. Then three more, un, you know, two more undersized guys. Uh, Colin Oliver out of Oklahoma State, uh, a, a guy that knows how to get after the quarterback. Uh, you know, unfortunately for him, didn't have quite the season in 2022 that he did in 2021. Look, as a true freshman, 10 and a half sacks, followed that up with just five this past season. Uh, So he'll be a guy that I think really wants to kind of redeem himself a little bit. Uh, Another guy that's a little bit undersized that uh, we'll be watching out for is going to be Leighton Jordan of Temple. Look, we know what Temple does. They produce a lot of pass rushers. Leighton Jordan's going to be the next one. Um, But, you know, because he is undersized, I think he's only 220 pounds, misses a lot of tackles. That's going to be the biggest concern when you're watching him play. Uh, Really, what are you going to get out of him? that, that's going to be – what What can he do to elevate his game? Jordan Birch, transferring from South Carolina to Oregon, 6'6", 268. Um, but struggles at times to get after the quarterback. Um, you know, I think a little inconsistent at times. Uh, Caleb Ochikuchu, uh is a guy to watch out for at Syracuse. 6'4", 265, seven sacks this past season. So he's a guy that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out for. Uh, you know, Yabi uh, Oki. Uh, Formerly of Alabama, formerly of Michigan. Now he's at Charlotte, he's 6'5", 250. What's he going to be doing there um, at that uh, at that level? He'll be a guy that I'm definitely going to be excited to, to see play. Um, J.J. Weaver out of Kentucky. Look, he's going to be the guy there at that linebacker spot, a guy that's known for getting after the quarterback. Can he continue to keep his game and elevate that game? Um, you know, Darius Hodges out of Tulane, another guy who's undersized, 6'1", 265 five sacks this past season, uh, but a guy that just continues to work hard getting after the quarterback. And, uh, you know, another guy that i mentioned, uh, they're out of the mountain West and, uh, you know, they're for uh, Colorado state. And, and that's going to be uh, Muhammad Kamara. You know, Muhammad Kamara is only 6'1", 250. Um, is he going to be an edge rusher? Is he going to be a guy that's putting his hand in the ground? He's a bit of a tweener, but uh, a guy that definitely knows how to get after the quarterback. Uh, he's really a, a lot of fun to watch. I think he's a guy that you know, definitely tune in and, and watch Ram football. Uh, six sacks, 12 hits, uh, 35 hurries this past season. So he's definitely a guy that knows how to get after the quarterback. So one final guy to keep an eye out for, and, and it's really at the FCS level, and that's going to be my guy. David Walker, Central Arkansas, 6'3", 245 pounds, a dude that had 12 sacks, 22 tackles per loss a season ago. Talk about active, 66 total tackles as well at that defensive end position in just 11 games played. So when you're talking about guys at that FCS level, I think the first guy that you have to look at is going to be David Walker. You know, We're going to be talking about some of the smaller school guys to keep an eye out for during the season. Uh as we progress into uh, the first couple of weeks of the year. But I'll give you a a couple of other guys to keep an eye out for. Dylan Ruiz out of New Hampshire, 6'1", 254. Nate Wallace of Harding, 6'2", 250. Those are going to be two other guys that I think are uh, are, uh, going to have big seasons for their programs. Now we move to the interior of the defensive tackle spot. I think Jerzon Newton is the guy that everyone's going to be talking about. 6'2", 280 pounds, uh, so explosive getting off the football. 19 tackles for loss, including 14 this past season. Five and a half sacks this last year as well. 61 tackles at the defensive tackle spot. So, I mean, this is a guy who's going to be incredibly active. I look at him, and I look at the explosiveness. I look at his ability to get into the backfield and just wreck things as a pass rusher. Also, uh, as a as a run-stuffer as well, uh, Newton reminds me a lot of Kalaja Kanzi And so, when I look at it, Kanzi came off the board at number 19. I think that mid-teens range is probably where Jerzon Newton is going to come off, off the board. That's really where I kind of see him right now. Mason Smith out of LSU, 6'6", 292. Uh, He's going to be a junior, uh, 19 uh, total tackles as a true freshman, but five going for loss, four sacks. Has the knee injury in in the first game there for LSU against uh, Florida State. What can he do? What's he going to come back to? If he can be that game record that we saw as a freshman, he could be the guy from the SEC that moves into that top ten. I'm not saying he's going to be a Jalen Carter by any means. He's that guy that has that talent in the SEC that could end up moving things and and finding himself uh, in that top ten conversation. Leonard Taylor out of Miami, uh, another guy who can be physical at the point of attack, uh, very athletic, 19 tackles for loss, five sacks. In his first two seasons there with the Hurricanes, he's a guy that really, you know, everyone should be talking about in that conversation and then you got the godfather himself Dante Corleone there out of Cincinnati Uh, I think when you talk about Dante Corleone he's a guy that I'm sure uh, Luke Bickle is going to love to see play you know just three sacks you know not really uh when you look at that not really huge in terms of, of getting pressure on the quarterback necessarily um, but, man, such a physical run defender. He's a guy that I think is superb playing the run, 6'2", 318, excuse me, very powerful at the point of attack. He's a guy to really uh, keep an eye out for there. Uh, Dwayne Carter out of Duke is another guy. Look, eight sacks this past season, five hits, 37 hurries. And, and when you talk about Dwayne Carter, uh, you know 21 tackles for loss in his career as well, uh, 36 tackles, back-to-back seasons. Uh, 6'3, 303, very active, uh, You know, a, a guy that I think is going to wreak havoc there in the ACC. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch, I believe. Brandon Dorless out of Oregon. 6'3, 285. Is he an end? Is he a tackle? Not really sure exactly where he's going to be, but uh, 20 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks this past season, five pass breakups as well. I, I think really Oregon's front, uh, front four is really going to revolve around Brandon Dorless. Uh, Clemson. Has two guys. I think Tyler Davis is the guy that everyone's talking about. But look, he's battled injuries. You know, the, he can't seem to stay on on the field and stay healthy. Uh, you know, 2020, 2021, just played 15 games. But uh, he was healthy in 2022. Did see a little you know, injury bug nip him a little bit. But uh, you know, 26 and a half tackles for loss, 15 and a half sacks. Very explosive off the point of attack. If he can stay healthy, just like Brian Perse, if he can stay healthy, he's the guy that's going to move up draft boards. And then his boy Rukuru uh, Aroro, he got the playing time whenever either Bracy or Davis went down. Six four two ninety five eight tackles for loss, four sacks this past season, five pass breakups as well. His stock is continuing to rise. Ohio State's Michael Michael Hall, Jr. A lot of people want to talk about Tyleek Williams, but it's Michael Hall, Jr. 6'3", 290, 7.5 tackles for loss, 4.5 sacks this past season. To me, I mean, he didn't. He, he struggled with some injuries at times that, that didn't keep him on the field all the time, but he's the guy to me that I, that for that, that defense to really keep an eye out for. He was the guy that I thought, you know, of that group, really was the one that was putting more of that pressure on the quarterback. Um, how about Keith Randall Jr. staying in the pack? I'm sorry, in the Big Ten, 6'5", 305. Um, and He's working with with Newton, and uh, he's a dude that also can get after the quarterback. Four four sacks this past season, and 22 hurries. So a guy that definitely knows how to get after the quarterback. When we talk about hurries, um, Dwayne Carter, 37, was tops on Newton at 32, right in there. But sandwiched in between the two of them was Brayton Fiske out of West, uh, I'm sorry, Western Michigan. 6'5", 305. He was really the big name, the hot commodity, if you will, uh, out of the transfer portal. Eight sacks as well for, for the Broncos. He's moving to Florida State. He's a guy that I think is... People aren't talking about him enough. I think he is going to be a a huge addition there to that defense. Chris Jenkins out of Michigan. Is he going to be an end? Is he going to be a tackle? Really want to see what this guy is going to be. Where is he going to play? But a freakish athlete. His name is going to be talked about among the the top uh, D linemen. Tonka Hemingway out of of South Carolina is another guy. Uh, 295 pounds. Uh, a guy that I think ultimately will, you know, he could be a, a five technique at the le- next level, also be a defensive tackle, has some versatility there, very athletic. Texas Tech, not known for defensive tackles. They've got two that played really well a season ago Tony Bradford, Jalen Hutchings, can put pressure on the quarterback and play the run really well. Uh, Ricky Barber at, at a UCF, 6'3, 295, very, very athletic, a dude that just knows how to get after the quarterback. Uh, the guy to me um, just always seemed to be uh, in the backfield making plays. You know, you just want to see him continue that, continue that stretch. Um, but a, a guy that I think uh, can really start making a name for himself. You know, when you look at a guy like Kobe Turner and what he was able to do and elevate his game, Ricky Barber is another guy that can absolutely do that. Devondre Sweat is going to be the next guy there in Texas. Darius Robinson in Missouri is going to really have to hold down the middle of that defense now, especially with uh, some of his running mates gone. Um, Patrick Jenkins at Tulane. He and Darius Hodges are going to need to hold things down with Dorian Williams, no longer there with the program. And then two guys in, in the group of five that we aren't really you know, haven't talked about: Marley Cook and, and James Carpenter. Cook of, of Middle Tennessee, 6'2", 291. James Carpenter of James Madison, six two two eighty three. Undersized defensive ends. I'm sorry, defensive tackles. But both guys that can get after the quarterback in the the case of, of Cook. At seven sacks, 32 hurries a season ago. So he'll be a guy that uh, I think people will be watching for, you know, see what what can happen uh, with, with the draft as we start getting into those later rounds or possibly as an undrafted free agent. Uh, linebackers, you know, we're running out of time here, so we got to go quickly, but linebackers. Jeremiah Trotter, Barrett Carter. Look, every time you turn on the film down the stretch, Barrett Carter was the guy. I was trying to watch film on Miles, Miles Murphy, on... Uh, you know Brian Percy on Trenton Simpson, but it was, it was number zero Baron Carter, Jeremiah Trotter as well. Those were the two guys that were the playmakers for Clemson. I just I worry about them both being right around six foot, six one, you know, 220 pounds. You know what what's that going to do to their draft stock? Uh, Jalen Ford, absolutely athletic and uh, and a playmaker there at Texas. He seemed to be all over the field. I want to see him continue to elevate his game. Uh, he's the guy that I think is going to be in conversation as one of the top linebackers. Jamon Dubas johnson you another guy there out of Georgia, was a Butkus finalist, very athletic. But you know, the guy that I think people need to start having some conversations around as one of the best linebackers in all of college football and that's North Carolina's Cedric Gray. 6'2", 225, 145 tackles this past season, 12 going for loss, a guy that just knows how to make plays, six pass breakups as well. He's a three-down linebacker. Keep an eye out for him. Omar Spates, transferred from Oregon State where he was a four-year starter, uh, 304 tackles, 25 going for loss, five sacks, 6'1", 237, moving to LSU. Keep an eye out for him there. Danny Stutzman. This guy was a beast. He still had one hundred and twenty-five tackles, but he missed so many tackles. Was not always in position to make a play. When he was allowed to just fly around and just make plays and not have to think too much. He was a game wrecker. and so I really want to see what he can do another season under Brent Venables. Tommy Eikenberg was kind of the the glue that held everything together for Ohio State in the middle of that defense. One hundred twenty tackles this past season, twelve tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. Has a nose for the football. He's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Smale Munden. You know, Look, he was one of the, the younger guys there at that linebacker spot. Want to see him continue to elevate his game. 76 tackles, eight going for loss this past season. Um, two guys that just seem to make a ton of tackles. One of those was uh, Jackson Mitchell out of Connecticut. 6'2", 229, back-to-back seasons, over 110-plus tackles. Had 140 this past season. Nine and a half going for loss, four and a half sacks, had an interception, uh, three pass breakups. A dude just has a nose for the football, always seems to be around, making plays. Um, you know, not the, the best athlete, so I think that's where things are going to uh, be a bit of an issue for him. But uh, you know, keep an eye out for him there. You know, Jim Mora, I love junior. I love what he's been able to do there. Uh, Jason Henderson out of Old Dominion, 6'1", 220, dude had 186 tackles, are you serious? Only 50 out of them were solo, had 128 assists, but uh, 186 tackles still, just always around the football, 10 going for loss there, Uh, Sean uh, Sean Dolak out of Buffalo, 6'1", 215, 147 tackles this past season. So there are a lot of guys that are making a lot of tackles in this, in this linebacker group. Not another one of those guys is going to be Dallas Gannon of Toledo. Started his career at Ohio State, played there for four years, transferred to Toledo. 116 tackles this past season, five pass breakups. Keep an eye out for him. Toledo's going to have a sneaky good defense. It's going to be about him and Quignon Mitchell, who we'll talk about here in a minute. Iowa... You know they, they lose Justin Jacobs, you know, a guy that only played in two te- two games this past season. He's moving on to Oregon, athletic linebacker, 6'4", 236. They gained Nick Jackson, 6'1", 235. Played four years there for Virginia. Over 100 tackles in three straight seasons. 352 tackles, 20 going for loss, 11 sacks, 8 pass breakups. I want to see what he can do in Big Ten play. Can he be physical? Can he still fly around and make plays like he did? If so... Nick Jackson is going to be a name that we're going to continue to hear uh, you know, really mentioned among the, the, the top of this draft class. Junior Colson out of Michigan, 6'2", 225, 101 tackles this past season, another linebacker that plays with a ton of range. Missouri's defense, look, the bell cow there, 6'2", 220 pound Tyron Hopper, 77 tackles, three, uh, 13 and a half going for loss, a uh, couple sacks, uh, an interception, four pass breakups, flies around, makes plays all over the field. Now, when we're talking about linebackers, we have to talk about Peyton Wilson. 6'4", 235 there out of NC State. Look, 108 tackles in 2020. We were talking about him potentially coming out in that 2021 draft and then plays in two games, gets hurt. Um, Played in 11 games in in 2022, still battles some injuries. But uh, 108 tackles, 11.5 for loss, 3.5 sacks, 2 sacks. I'm sorry, 2 interceptions as well. As a sophomore, Wilson was insane. Still ends up with 82 tackles, 12 and a half going for loss, four and a half sacks. The medicals are going to be huge for him. Can he finish another season and show that he can be one of the top linebackers in all of the college football? And one final guy to talk about, and that's gonna be Mason Cobb out of USC. Six foot, 230 pounds, transferred from Oklahoma State, 96 tackles this past season. So he was that linebacker that everybody wanted to get on the roster, but when you look at him, he also missed the most tackles of anybody. Uh, in the FBS. USC struggles to make tackles. They need this guy to step up and really erase any of those issues making tackles uh, because they need guys that are going to be able to wrap up the ball carrier. Just turn on that uh, that game against Tulane and you'll see why. Uh, two guys at the at the SCS level to watch out for, Adam Bach out of South Dakota State, 6'1", 215, a dude, you know, 279 uh, tackles, 22.5 going for loss, 8.5 sacks. Uh, you know, so he's a guy that flies around and makes plays for the Jackrabbits. And then Colton Adams out of Alabama State, 6'2", 230 pounds, 13, uh, FCS All-American first team, all swack. So this is another guy that's going to be making a lot of plays, uh, 11 and a half tackles for loss, and, uh, and 12 sacks in his career, 12 sacks coming this past season. So keep an eye out for Colton Adams as well. And we're talking about the cornerbacks. I mentioned Colton Kool-Aid McKinstry is going to be your number one. 6'1", 180 pounds, 15 pass breakups this past season. This is a guy, look, he's going to be the, you know, if Alabama Alabama always has a a corner at the top of the draft class, it seems like McKinstry is going to be the next one. Kalen King, very smooth there out of Penn State, 5'11", 187 pounds, um, three interceptions this past season, 16 pass breakups, 21 in his career. Cooper to Gene. Riley Moss on one side. What's he going to do without Riley Moss now? You know, I mean, really, teams are focusing in on him, trying to throw away from Riley Moss, and all he did at 6'1, 203. Uh, five interceptions, three of which that he returned for a touchdown. Eight pass breakups as well. I don't think teams are going to really be testing Cooper to Gene, so he's going to be another guy that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I mentioned Quinion Mitchell. They're out of Toledo, six foot, 197 pounds. Why did I mention him? Five interceptions, two of which he returned for touchdown. 19 pass breakups, has 27 in the last two seasons for the Rockets. Tune into to, to the, the Maction, if you will, at Quinion Mitchell. A lot of fun to watch, that's for sure. You move into uh, your Big Ten play. I already mentioned Kalen Keane, but you've got and, and Cooper DeGene. Denzel Burke out of Ohio State. Kind of fits that Denzel Ward role. Not really the same type of a player, but... Um, But a guy that, uh, I'm sorry, you know, in terms of the talent level, uh, you know, he's not going to be a a top three pick by any means. But a guy that I think will come off the board uh, on day two of the draft, Vendrell Cypress, uh, formerly of Virginia. Now he is playing, making his home there at Florida State. Look, Florida State brought in a lot of guys in the transfer portal. And obviously that's going to be going to be huge for them. But uh, when you look at Fentrell Cypress, what's interesting with him is, you know, there are no penalties given up. When you look at uh, the total number of receptions, you know, he had just, uh, I think, just eighteen receptions given up, and nine point nine yards per reception. So, you know, a guy didn't give up a touchdown. Um, He's six foot, 182 pounds. I think he'll be a guy that, that is definitely going to be uh, in that conversation. as one of the better corners. Uh, TJ Tampa at 6'2", two, 200 pounds. Uh, for Iowa State. I think he'll be one of the better, if not the best, corner in the Big 12. Uh, he's a big physical guy, uh, likes to play around the line of scrimmage, is going to, to beat you up and uh, get physical, but also um, has range there on the outside, a guy that's going to make a lot of plays on the football. Um, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch, so you know, definitely tune in and, and catch uh, some Big 12 games, Big 12 play. Uh, TJ Tampa is going to be one of those guys. Tony Grimes, you know, transfer from North North Carolina to Texas A&M. Six foot one ninety five. This is a guy that I think everyone was expecting him to, to play better. Um, the last couple of seasons, really haven't seen that out of him. So you're really wanting to see what he can do. Change of scenery, playing with Tyreek Chapel. Uh, Chapel, look, you know, he's coming off of another another solid year there for the Aggies. So you want to see what that duo could do. Storm Duck. You know, at a at North Carolina. I think a lot of people were talking about him um, and, and what he could do. He's now going to be playing opposite Kalen King. Going to see the football thrown his way quite a bit. Six foot two oh five. Another guy that I, I think, you know, because he's going to be seeing the football thrown his way a little bit more. What are we going to be seeing out of him? Uh, Kamari Lasseter out of Georgia, six foot one eighty. This is a guy that I, I thought really elevated his game playing opposite Keely Ringo. Uh, the teams wanted to go at Ringo because Lasseter was holding things down on his side of the football. So, uh, what can he do this year? Uh, Really kind of as an encore, if he has another big year, I think that's going to definitely elevate his draft stock. Um, so he'll be a guy that I think will be a lot of fun to watch there as well. Uh, Marcellus Dial out of South Carolina, kind of flying under the radar, 6.190 12 pass breakups, three interceptions this past season. Uh, you know, a guy that I think really started making a name for himself. And uh, so he'll be a lot of fun to watch. There's some other guys that uh, just kind of flying under the radar, but uh, made a lot of plays And uh, I think one of those is going to be Torian Patterson. Um, I think in this year's draft class, um, he's the, I think, the most sacks at that quarterback position. Six-foot, 193. I'm sorry, uh, most interceptions. Six-foot, 193, transferred to to UCF. So he'll actually get to play in uh, Big 12 play. But a season ago, it was at Middle Tennessee State. Uh, Now you've got uh, Yam Banks out of – uh, South Alabama. Yam Banks is another guy. I think ultimately Yam Banks is going to end up being a safety. I really do. I think this guy has has really good ball skills, though. Uh, a guy that can make plays on the football. Six one two zero eight. He just you know he, he gives up a lot of touchdowns. He you know, gives up a lot of uh, you know just deep balls. Did give up those, those four touchdowns like I said, but five interceptions, ten pass breakups. He's also a guy that's going to get physical around the line of scrimmage. Going to rack up some sacks for you. Uh, have uh, I think had a sack four hits, five hurries, uh, a, a guy that's going to get up there and get physical with you at the point of attack. So he's a guy, like I said, I think it's probably going to end up being safety. Then how about Deshaun Gaddy? You uh, know, 6'1", 190, was at North Texas, now he's at Ole Miss. And uh, with, with Deshaun Gaddy, look, another guy that uh, you know, racked up a lot of, you know, a, a lot of, uh, what? didn't have an interception but had 13 pass breakups so you see the ball skills are absolutely you know, are evident they're gonna pick on him there in the SEC would see what he can do um, SEC though look there are a lot of good corners Dwight McLaughlin uh, out of Arkansas you've got Ennis Rakestraw and Chris Abrams Drain there for Missouri as well so I think you know that's really it you know, makes sense I mean between Rakestraw and Abrams Drain uh, 19 pass breakups Dwight McLaughlin 10 himself so, you know, a lot of really good cornerback play at the SEC level, so it makes a lot of sense for him deciding to move there for his final year. And then at the safety position, I think you got to start with Cam Kitchens there out of Miami, 5'11", 202, uh, six interceptions this past season uh, to go along with six pass breakups. I think Kitchens is a guy that could continue to elevate his game um, because he's got a guy in Kalen Bullock there out of USC, 6'3", 180 pounds, he's breathing down his neck. Um, Look, you know, five interceptions this past season, one of which he returned for a touchdown, five pass breakups, uh, seven total interceptions in his career. Um, He's got tremendous length at 6'3", 180. Um, A guy that isn't going to be tremendously physical around the line of scrimmage. But uh, a guy that can be your center fielder. You know, if you turn on that game against Cal, I was at that game, and you just watched him as a center fielder, just tracking the football, moving from the middle of the field, getting depth outside the numbers, coming over the top to really make a play. I mean, it looked like a video game. Um, with, with this ability to get over there, the range was absolutely ridiculous. I, I think Kalen Bullock is a guy that could cement his status as the number one cor- uh, number one safety, especially playing against USC. Has to play Notre. Uh, Not only Notre Dame and Sam Sam Hartman, but, you know, really, they're going to be playing Oregon and Bo Nix, Washington, and and Michael Penix Jr. Cam Rising there at Utah. Shoot uh, Jalen Delora out of Arizona and uh, Shadur Sanders out of of Colorado. Colorado. And, uh, you know, who am I missing? Uh, Cam Ward at Washington State there are a lot of really good quarterbacks. DJ Uyanglale there at Oregon State. A lot of really good quarterbacks there in Pac-12 play. So uh, really gonna be interested to see what he can do. Uh, Rod Moore out of Michigan, six foot, 183 pounds, four interceptions this past season as well. Can be physical around the line of scrimmage. A guy that uh you know I, I think is-, is a playmaker and I'm expecting him to really elevate his game this year. Um Andrew McCuba there out of Clemson. Six foot 195 pounds. Uh, a lot of people are really hyping him up I haven't seen uh, enough out of him to say yes he should be in the top five in this draft class you know I just I haven't seen enough of him that that actually screams you know this is a guy that's gonna come off the board in uh, in the first two days of the draft uh, you know, but you know I, I want to be proven wrong you know I want to see what this guy can do uh, James Williams out of Miami 65 you know, 224 pounds I mean, he's big he's physical you know who is he Is he this year's J.L. Skinner? Um, Is is he, you know, he's just a freak of nature, um, you know, with the size. um, But, you know, how stiff is he in the hips? That's really something that I'm going to be watching for this year. Another really tall corner or tall safety is is Jaden Hicks out of Washington State. 6'3", you know. 202, so he's about 20 pounds lighter than, than, James Williams and a couple inches shorter, but uh, a guy that I thought made a lot of plays there for uh, Wazoo. Staying in the pack 12, you got Cole Bishop out of Utah, 6'2", 205, only a junior, 83 tackles this past season, uh, but a guy that's very physical, likes to play around the line of scrimmage. Lathan Ransom out of Ohio state, 6'1", 200 uh, a veteran there on that defense uh, played in 12 games in each of the last two seasons. Uh, you know, Spot starter at times, but I think you know, now is really the time to see what he can do and elevate his game. Kenny Logan Jr. there from Kansas, six foot, one hundred and ninety-five pounds, inconsistent as a tackler. Still ended up with over two hundred tackles, you know, these past two seasons. Uh, and man, he could have had that much more. Uh, you know, may miss a lot of tackles there on the back end of the defense. But five interceptions, fourteen pass breakups. Kenny Logan definitely active and has a nose for the football. Patrick McMorris is an interesting catch. Transferred from San Diego State to Cal for his final season. Six foot, 210 pounds. The guy, look, uh, you know, really his best year was 2021. Had 90, uh, 90 tackles, four interceptions, nine pass breakups. Want to see what he can do. Moving to Cal, obviously Daniel Scott. That's who he's going to be replacing. Daniel Scott had a big year. Ended up getting himself drafted there on day three of the draft. Uh, so Patrick McMorris will be a guy to keep an eye out for for sure. Uh, in the Big 12, you've got two uh, TCU uh Safeties, Bud Clark, six-two, one hundred and ninety. Mark Perry, six foot, two hundred. Perry transferred from Colorado in the TCU, and uh, you know, look, you know, uh, Clark had five interceptions this last year, one of which he returned for a touchdown. Five pass breakups, and Mark Perry was the guy that was physical, and wanted to play around the line of scrimmage. Eighty-four tackles, six and a half going for loss. So they really were complementing each other, and uh, so I thought that was really something that was a, a, a lot of fun to watch there, and, and so. Those will be two guys that I'm going to continue to watch here in 2023, see if they can continue to elevate their game. Um, and then finally, one guy, one name to mention there in the FCS, and that's Khalil Baker out of North Carolina Central. Six foot, 185 pounds, the inaugural winner of the Aeneas Williams Award for the top HBCU defensive back. Um, look, this dude, uh, 61 tackles this past season. Um, A a guy that, you know, look, I I think it was, uh, he had two, two and a half tackles for loss, uh, four interceptions, nine pass breakups, had a fumble recovery. This dude was very active, had a nose for the football, uh, excellent range. If you get a chance to watch North Carolina Central, Khalil Baker is going to be the guy to really keep an eye out for, um, you know, shoot. If you're winning, winning the, you know, the, Aeneas Williams Award, you're the inaugural winner. That really says something there, and I think that's really what teams are going to start taking notice of and uh, really want to be getting out and catching some of those North Carolina Central games. I know I will be tuning in and catching at least one or two. Um, I'll let you know which games I'll be trying to to keep an eye on and and let you know how he showed up in those games. So that's kind of putting things to bed with the – draft class and really what we talk about draft class we're talking about who's draft eligible we won't know who finalizes this draft class who's actually going to enter the 2024 draft until January of next year but these are all guys that are draft eligible and all it takes is one big season in 2023 for these guys to elevate their draft stock You know, and, and so that's really what's going to be a lot of fun you know, What's this going to look like? What are we going to see from Caleb Williams as an encore performance of that Heisman Trophy-winning uh, season in 2022? Um, you know, is Drake May gonna narrow the gap? You know, is there going to be another quarterback that's going to join that mix? You, know, you talked about, I talked about the offensive tackles. Are we going to see another offensive tackle that's going to join that group, that top three there? Um, you know, Brock Bowers, a tight end. Are we going to see multiple tight ends? You know, is Jatavian Sanders going to take that next level? How many receivers are we going to see in round one? You've got a Mecka sitting there with, with Marvin Marvin Harrison, but then you talk about other guys like A.D. Mitchell or uh, you know Xavier Worthy or Romo Dunze. There are a lot of guys at that receiver position, a lot of talent. Is Cooper Beebe going to be a guard that's going to make it there in the first round? You know, is, is Cedric Van Praan? What are we going to see at that center spot? Zach Frazier of West Virginia, Matt Lee, probably not going to be first rounders, but can we see them come off the board sometime on day two? And then defensively, I mean, obviously the edge rushers uh, with Jared Verse and, and Dallas Turner, but you've got that group, that crop of guys that uh, I think teams are really going to be keeping an eye out for. Can they elevate their game? Uh, Layatu Latu, uh, Braylon Trice, they're in the Pac-12. Uh, you've got Chop Robinson, uh, JT Tumalo out, Jack Sawyer, they're in, uh, in the Big Ten. You've got, uh, you know, I mentioned Brandon Dorless as well. Kind of more of a tackle, but throw him in there and into the, into the Pac-12. ACC play, you've got to keep Mesidor. You've got uh, Donovan uh, Izuruwaku. Uh, you, you've got uh, Jacoby Wimman there in the Big Ten as well. I left him out. Um, guys that were transferring, Rondell Bothroyd, uh, Andre Carter, Josiah Stewart. Uh, you know, a lot of names. Owen Porter. I think that's a key name there at Marshall. He's a guy that could be a game record. Defensive tackles, though. Jerzon Newton, I think we know, is going to be a first-rounder. Uh, Question is going to be is how high. Mason Smith, can he be that dominant guy that we're going to see there in, uh, in round number one? Who else is going to elevate their status? Is it going to be Leonard Taylor? What about Dante Tor- Corleone? Can Tyler Davis stay healthy? Dwayne Carter, can he wreak enough havoc there at Duke to be the guy? Chris Jennings, we know, is an absolute freak of nature as an athlete, but can he elevate his game? Braden Fiske, can he transition from a group of five Max school to the ACC in the Power Five Conference and still be able to get after the quarterback like he did um, at the linebacker spot? Can Jeremiah Trotter and Derek Carter impress enough to see their name in the first half of round number one despite their their lack of size? Who's going to be the next linebacker after that? Is it going to be Javon Dumas johnson Jalen Ford, Cedric Gray, then, obviously, Tommy Eikenberg, Danny Stutzman, expecting big big games and big seasons out of them. Can Peyton Wilson stay healthy? A lot of names there at that linebacker spot. Cornerbacks, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Can he solidify his status as a top-ten guy? Who's going to be next? Is it going to be Kalen King? Is it going to be Cooper DeGene? Is it going to be Central Cypress, Denzel Burke, or is it going to be someone else? Can we see Quinyon Mitchell elevate his stock there out of Toledo? That's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and really, Toledo, what what does was Jason Candle have there? When you got Dallas uh, Dallas Gant and Quinjon Mitchell there, in, uh you know at the linebacker and cornerback positions, um, you know we also have a safety, Maxson Hood, that we didn't even talk about. I think he's only a junior though, but he's going to be a guy that's going to be a hard hitter, and a guy that flies around and makes plays at nah, that safety spot. Can Cam Kitchens there at Miami hold off Kalen Bullock or can Bullock showcase another tremendous display as a center fielder? If he can do that, he'll end up being not only the number one safety, but I think he can end up being a first round pick when it's all said and done, especially if he can show off the ball skills, show off the transitions. Don't be stiff-hipped. Show that you can make those transitions. You can uh, be a fluid athlete. If he can do that, then Kalen Bullock could end up sneaking his way into round number one when it's all said and done. But look. You know, it's about time to get ready for the start of the season. So as we progress over the next few days, um, you know we'll start talking about some of the matchups, primarily in the conferences, who are the guys to keep a lookout for, You know starting with the SEC or the Big Ten, Pac-12 in its last year, Big 12, ACC. Then we're talking about Group of Five as well. And then we're going to get into August 26th, and that's really going to be... Week 0. We'll talk about a lot of the different matchups, take a look at the guys that I'm going to be keeping an eye out for, really see what happens there, some of the narratives. You know, that's really a big thing that you talk about is, you know, that I like to talk about is narratives. What's that narrative going to be for Week 0? And then after that, that following week, we're really going to break down what games to watch out for, who to really pay attention to in that first full week of college football. It really starts at Thursday August 31st, and it goes all the way through Labor Day weekend. A lot of games to catch. I'll be trying to catch as many as possible so that I can be watching as many of these guys as I can. Who's going to be the breakout star? Who's going to fly under the radar? Who is going to see their draft stock plummet? A lot of those questions are going to be answered over the course of the next few months during the college football season, and I do hope that you join me each and every week as we start breaking down this college football season, getting ready for that NFL draft in April 2024. So until next time, everyone, for ready for the which I will get my top 10 rankings by position out here in the next few days. Get it on the website. But for readyfortheft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. College football season is around the corner. I hope you're as excited as I am. Take care, everyone. Until next time, I am out of here.